We are in Genesis chapter 4, and we have been learning about Cain and Abel. We covered last time how Cain slew Abel, his younger brother, and how God tried before the slaying, based on Cain's other behavior, tried to reach out to him, told him that a sin offering is available to you. You could take of that sin offering, and that is there for you to partake of. And uh, he didn't, and he ended up killing his brother. And so let's pick it up at verse 9, Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. You are now, now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So he asks Abel, where is your brother? He asks him this not because he doesn't know, but because he wants a confession from him. He still does not confess. He lies. He says, I don't know. Then he said, am I my brother's keeper? He is his brother's keeper. He was the older brother. And so God finally turns and he says, what have you done? A very direct word. And Cain never answers. So he says, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. We mentioned, we mentioned this last time that the dead speak. The dead speak. Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who lives and believes in me shall live even if he dies. And he who believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said. Jesus asked, do you believe this? Well, yeah, Lord, you said it. You bet I believe it. If the Lord said it, we are to believe it. Because if God says it, it has to come true. It has to be that way. That's the way the Word of God works. Everything else can be a lie. But his word has to come true. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said that of himself. That there is a resurrection in Christ. And Jesus said, he who lives and believes in me shall live even if he dies. And he who believes in me shall never die. Jesus said that. That's a good verse to remember. Should you ever lose a loved one or a friend? Jesus said this in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. That if we're in Christ, we live forever in Him. We live forever in Him. Jesus said this. This is why Jesus could say, every careless word that a man shall speak, he shall render account for in the day of judgment. Everything's recorded. Everything's recorded. And I'll tell you, I have a lot to account for. Were it not for my Lord, that I just point to Him and say, He's dealt with it all. He's dealt with it all. Without that, you will stand before the great white throne on your own and try to make, give an account for everything that you've done. If you do not realize that you're a sinner, it's hard to embrace the Savior. But when you realize that you're, you're full of sin, that every thought 
I'll tell you, so many thoughts I have condemn me. Just the thoughts that I have. Be sitting in wonderful gatherings and the thoughts that I have that go through my mind just are wicked, evil thoughts. Then once in a while, just nasty things come out of my mouth which condemn me. He said, your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Then he says, now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. So you see, he never cursed Adam and Eve. Things came upon them, but he never pronounced a curse on Adam and Eve. He did upon the serpent. He pronounced a curse. Here, he never even pronounces a curse upon Cain. He says... When you cultivate the ground, he says, now you are cursed from the ground. You're cursed from the ground. But he doesn't actually say you are cursed. He says you're cursed from the ground. There's a separation now between you and the ground. This is a big deal. It's a big deal because remember, Cain was a tiller of the ground. It would no longer yield its fruit to him because of his sin. Because of his sin, it was no longer going to yield its fruit to him. This is a big deal. What this means is that if you walk in sin, there's a good chance that it's going to start to affect your career. It can start to affect your career. And just the opposite as well, that if you walk with God, it can affect your career. Let me, let me tell you about a man named, named Bezalel. Now, I pray almost every day that God would make me like Bezalel. And you're wondering, who is Bezalel? Okay. Funny you should ask. Okay. Turn to Exodus chapter 35, verse 30. Exodus chapter 35, verse 30. It says, so, so, so after Genesis, you have Exodus. Exodus 35, verse 30. Moses is commissioning a man to build the tabernacle. And the Lord chooses his man to build the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the sons of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all craftsmanship, to make designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for settings, and in carving of wood so as to perform in every inventive, heart, every inventive work. And he has put in his heart to teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Asamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver, of a designer, of an embroiderer, in blue and in purple and in scarlet material, and in fine linen, and in a weave, as, as, as a weaver, as performers of every work and as makers of design." This man was superhuman. You may have a talent in working with gold. Or you may be a silversmith. Or you may know how to work with bronze. He knew how to work with all of them. And God endowed him, it says, with the Spirit of God. It says He filled him first with the Spirit of God. And then He gave him wisdom. Now, you could have somebody who knows how to work with gold, but he's not a very wise person. This guy was really wise. God gave him wisdom. 
He gave him understanding and he gave him knowledge in all craftsmanship. In all craftsmanship. In working in gold, silver, and bronze. And the cutting of stones for setting. And in the carving of wood. I mean, you might be a, a, a stone cutter. But he could cut the stone and he could set it. And he could carve wood. And then he goes down and it says that in every inventive work, and he gave him the ability to teach it. And God says, oh yeah, there's some more things I'm giving him. The talent of an engraver. So he knows how to do engraving. In blue and purple and scarlet. Like, like an embroiderer. So he knows how to work with fabrics. In scarlet and in, in, in purple and blue and, and, and scarlet material. In fine linen. And as a weaver, the guy could weave. And as a performer of every work and makers of designs. So he was also a designer. If that doesn't impress you, I don't know what will. This guy was superhuman when it came to the arts and the crafts of this world. Just amazing. But he also gave him the Spirit of God. And he gave him wisdom and he gave him understanding. Maybe now you know why I pray, Lord, make me like Bezalel. You think, that's a selfish prayer. Don't worry, I pray a lot for other things too. And for other people. But I say, Lord, make me like Bezalel. He gives us the scriptures and people before us. So that we can be like them. Remember, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He puts these people before us to model before us. And He puts before us people that we're not to model. He's, don't be like this. Do you have a career? What do you want to do? You want to be a, you want to be a mechanical engineer? Well, wouldn't it be great if you could be a mechanical engineer and you could also do electrical engineering and chemical engineering and civil engineering? That's what this guy was. He could do it all. You watch when you begin to pray and ask God. And you believe that God answers prayers. Why would He give us this model of this man? And then on the other side, we saw what sin wrought in Cain. Even the talent that you had in being a tiller of the ground, you lost it because of your sin. You think, oh, sin doesn't do that today. Oh, it doesn't? I have seen many a person... Many a professor, talented young professors come in. They have a lot of talent, can do a lot. And then they start getting involved in sin. And I see their families get destroyed. And I see their careers get destroyed along with it. And they never mature into the talent that they could have been. I see it all the time. Sin has a way of destroying lives. And that's what we see in Cain. Obedience has a way of bringing tremendous blessing. Think about your career. What I'm telling you today is a secret and a treasure. Think about your career. What is it? What is your career? Say, Lord, make me like Bezalel. First of all, fill me with the Spirit of God so it's not about me, it's about you, Lord. Fill me with knowledge and wisdom. But Lord, expand me. 
beyond what I could ever dream of. Expand me. Do it. Do these great things through me. And you will see that you end up working in areas that you had no idea you could work in. And you'll take this talent from this one area that you have, that you've been trained in, and you'll translate it to another area. And all of a sudden you're applying those skills and the people are like, how'd you do that? Well, in that area it's kind of routine. So I just brought it from that area into this area. This is what he made Bezalel. This is what he fills people with. And you see the destruction. In Deuteronomy 28, it talks about the blessings that God would give you. It's like 15 verses of just blessing upon blessing upon blessing. If you walk in his way. And then, it's got about 35 or 40 verses of cursing upon cursing. That will come upon you if you do not walk in his way. You think I'm messing around with this? You think I'm kidding you? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. You'd want to be in the first 15 verses. You don't want to be in the last half of that chapter, in the last two-thirds of that chapter. It's a mess. I mean, everything you do, he says, I will curse you in that. Oh, I'll, I'll curse your basket. Oh, I'll curse your kneading bowl. I'll curse your farm. <clears throat> That's what he says. I wouldn't say that. It's not me. Talk to him about it. That's what he said. Sin has great effects in a person's life. Sin has great effect in people's lives. Brings real destruction in people's lives. You don't mess with it. Cain did not respond to God's promptings when he was challenged. When he started out with little sins, he didn't respond to it. And they got bigger and bigger. And he thought he was out in the field and he'd get away with it. You know what I've seen the destruction really destroy young professors' lives? When they start sleeping around with the students. That's what I've seen it. And as soon as that happens, I just know it. Their careers are destroyed. They have worked all of those years to advance their careers. And it will be destroyed. The Bible says you touch another man's wife, you will in no way go unpunished. You say, well, she wasn't somebody else's wife. Yeah, well, she was somebody else's daughter. You mess around with these things, you will be destroyed. When God says, if you touch another man's wife, you will in no way go unpunished, that is a promise. That is a promise. God is going to punish you. It brings destruction. Think about it, what I'm telling you. When opportunities arise in your life, think about it, what I'm telling you. You can't mess around with sin. He says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 12, when you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So look at Cain's complaint. His complaint is, My punishment is too great for me. It's all about me. 
The guy still does not grieve over the sin of killing his brother. And that's the amazing thing. That rather than to grieve over sin, we grieve over the punishment that's come as a result of our sin. Even this did not bring him to the point of grieving over his sin. And he's complaining to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground. It's your fault. Look what you've done to me. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3, it says, The foolishness of man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Have you ever been accused of something you had nothing to do with? Think of God. The foolishness of man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Proverbs 19, verse 3. This is exactly what is happening to Cain. He is, he has ruined his own way, and now his heart is raging against the Lord and blaming God. This is how wicked our hearts are. We destroy our own lives and we blame God. Why is this happening to me? I have nothing to do with this. God has nothing to do with this. He's spoken a word. It has to happen. It's going to happen. He told you. You just back off. It's going to happen. When you're young, your sins get you in trouble. Small amounts of trouble. The older you get, the more your sin gets you in big trouble. Real big trouble. He says that my punishment is too great to bear. I can't handle this. I just can't handle this. Cain, he says, behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground. Meaning that, how am I going to make a living anymore? Well, you know, you'd be a wanderer. Find your, you know, berries on the ground like an animal. Because you can try to cultivate, it's not going to happen anymore. The Bible talks about in Proverbs how for the man who commits adultery, he will give everything he has, will go to the house of an alien. I used to teach this to my sons. Everything you have, it says, will go to the house of an alien. You'll lose everything. And I've seen men. I've seen men fall into adultery. They lose everything. They lose their family. They lose their home. Everything collapses. It's not just them, it affects the whole family as well. He says, you've driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden. Because God is sending him, it says, to the land of Nod, to the land of wandering. God is hanging out right there by the east of Eden. That's where they met with God. He's not going to see God's face anymore, which tells us that Adam Adam and Eve and their children were seeing God and able to learn from Him. Where did they get all this information? They were learning from God. They were seeing God and learning from Him. Now He's driven from that relationship. You want to get away from God? Sin. Sin will drive you away from God. God hasn't gone anywhere. You have gone to the land of wandering. You have gone to the land of Nod. 
Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Because he bore all sorts of guilt. Whoever finds me will kill me. Why whoever found him will kill him? Remember, we are at the early stages of humankind. Everybody's kind of related closely. It's a very shallow DNA pool right now. And so you have, you, you, you have Cain and Abel and some sisters and probably other brothers. It's a, she, he, said, he told Eve, I'm going to multiply. Multiplying, I will multiply your conception. So she's having lots of, of children. But they're all still kind of related. You know, everybody, everybody's, you know, a, a nephew or an uncle or a, or a, a, a great niece or something. They're all related. The word gets around in a family if you're a murderer, you know. He says, whoever finds me is going to kill me. Because, you know, they, he killed their uncle. So they're going to kill him. So it says, therefore, he says, so the Lord said, therefore, this is verse 15, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. The land of Nod means wandering. East of Eden. So he goes far east of Eden. It says that that, uh, um, he's worried about his own life. Yeah, you got a lot lot to worry about if you're a murderer. He says, whoever finds me is going to kill me. The command that if you kill a man, you shall be killed doesn't come until... I think it's Genesis chapter 9. At this point, he says, nobody should touch you. And he puts some sign on Cain and search as you like. You won't find what that sign is. We have no idea. I read the Jewish literature to find out what the rabbis have written on this. And there's like six different things. One, one rabbi said he gave him a big dog to walk alongside him to protect him. I mean, this is, it, 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 it's all fallacious. We don't really know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But whatever that sign was, it says, if you kill him, vengeance is going to be taken on you sevenfold. And he appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. So that sign was a sign of infamy. People knew, oh, there's Cain. I mean, there's the sign, you know, some neon sign behind him. Murderer, here, (laughs) flashing. Some sign is there. And that sign was a reminder that as God said, the dead speak. Abel is speaking from the ground. That is the sign. There's some sign appointed him. His life would never be the same. You go ahead and mess around with sin. It'll take you far away from God. So Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod. Cain had relations with his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city Enoch after the the name of his son. So he calls the city after the name of his son. But remember, he's a wanderer. He can't stay in that city. He's wandering around. Now to Enoch was born Ired, and to Ired became the father of Mehuael. And Mehuel became the father of Methushel, 
and Methushel became the father of Lamech. Lamech took to himself two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabel, and he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of those who play the lyre and pipe. As for Zillah, she gave birth to Tubal-Cain, the forger of all implements of bronze and iron, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Listen to my voice, you wives of Lamech. Lamech, Give heed to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me and a boy for striking me. If Cain is avenged, avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventyfold. So what we see here is we see the population of the earth through the line of Cain. And this is the wicked line. This is the line of those who don't walk with God. He goes, he builds a city, and it's a very common thing that when you don't have the Lord, you try to fill yourself with many other things trying to build, bring you some sort of fulfillment, and they never really fulfill. Without the Lord, you'll try to fill your life with all sorts of things, and there will never be much fulfillment. So he builds this city, then it goes through, and he, they get through to this man, Lamech. He takes two wives, first man to ever take two wives in the Bible. This thing of God giving one wife to one man. Now men start abusing it. He takes two wives. And they start giving birth to people. And, and uh, one of them is, dwells in tents and another has livestock. So you see these different groups of people. Some are no, nomads and, and, and others have livestock. It says his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the lyre and the pipe. So we see the beginnings of music. You know, for all you people in the shepherd's school of music, I mean, this is it. This is, behold your father. This, 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 is, this, is, this is the father of, of, of music. This is where it started to come from. And for Zillah, she gave birth to Tubal-Cain, the forger of implements. So these, this is the technology guy. This is the father of technology. And God is showing us the different offshoots of humans that took forth, and you see these different, different things coming forth. The forger of all implements of bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nema. Lamech said to his two wives, now we see the beginning of song and poetry. This is actually in Hebrew, this, this meter here that he says, this is a, a typical poetic meter. And so you start seeing poetry and music. <clears throat> so he, he starts saying to them that... that uh, uh, Give heed to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me and a boy for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventyfold. And you see this coming against God as if God makes a proclamation of sevenfold vengeance. He can proclaim upon himself seventyfold vengeance for killing a person. And you see this rebellion against God. And then in verse 25 it says, And Adam had relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has appointed me another offspring in place of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth, to Seth, to him also a son was born, and he called him Enosh. Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Now remember, Adam. Adam lived all the way through Methuselah, which we're going to see, even saw Adam. The first of the patriarchs that did not, was not alive during Adam's lifetime was Noah, which we're going to read later on about. So Adam is 
living over, over this extended period, they give, they give birth to a son named Seth. Seth means steady or fixed. So rather than a wanderer, now comes Seth, and this is the line of the people that seek God. This is actually the line that Jesus is going to come from, because you can read the genealogy of Jesus and go right back through Seth to Adam. So it comes through Seth, and they say, God, for she said, God has appointed me another offspring in, in place of Abel. God has appointed. They now have their hope. Remember, they lost two sons on that day. If one son of yours kills another son, you lost two sons that day. Difficult, difficult pain to have to go through. She has a son now, and you see that, that Adam is able to speak into this young man's life. After what he had been through with his other two sons, he's able to speak into this son's life. Seth was born Enosh, and men began to call on the name of the Lord. If you don't have the Lord, you'll fill your life with many other things. People will try to fill their life. I'm amazed at all the things that people try to fill their lives with and their time with. But when you have the Lord, that is just like, I just want to go home and open my Bible and spend some time with the Lord. I just want to enjoy the Lord. And people who don't know the Lord have no idea what I'm talking about. They're like, hey, we got to go out dancing. we got to go out dancing. we got to go out dancing. I'm like, no, I just want to go be with the Lord. You get much different perspective on life when you have the Lord when you have a relationship. Without the Lord, you'll seek all sorts of other vices, all sorts of things. It might be your career, it might be your music, it might be, might, might be all these other things that, 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 that uh, uh, these men are coming up with. But you have the Lord. That becomes the most consuming in a life. If you don't have the Lord, it can be a miserable life, a really miserable life without the Lord. And so I challenge you this day, if you do not know the Lord, Open your heart to what God has given you. Jesus Christ has come. He's given his life for you. He has died for you on the cross. And he says, accept my way. He is teaching you. He is drawing you. And without that, the Bible says, you are a slave to sin. Without Jesus, the Bible says this. I don't say this. How can I say this? How do I know? The Bible says, without Jesus, you are a slave to sin. You are unable to not to sin. You're unable not to sin. There is only victory in Jesus Christ. Only victory in Him. Come to Him this day. Say, Lord, come into my life and save my soul. The Lord has provided, it says, Jesus is a gift, a free gift for you. A free gift for you. Don't deny this gift. Take hold of this gift that He has for you. Take hold of this gift. Say, Lord, come into my heart this day and let the Lord work in your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I pray for these young lives, for those here who do not know you. Father, that right now they would say, Lord, forgive me because I'm a sinner. Come into my life. And Father, so fill them. Lest they become like Cain, trying to fill their lives with so many other things, but it'll never fill that place. Father, I pray that you would make them more like Seth, who cried out to God, who had godly offspring, who started teaching his children the ways of God. Father, I pray that you do that in these young lives.
Father, I pray that the, from these young lives there would be healthy marriages and healthy relationships and that they would learn to fear you. That when your word says something is going to happen as a result of sin, it will happen. Father, I pray that if there be sin amongst them, that they would cry out, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Forgive me. Father, that they would not turn their back and wander off into the land of wandering. Father, I commit them to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.